Okay, it's 24 July. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Report. Fido and Fifi are racist. <laughs> that and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, before we get into our Israel articles from Zero Hedge, uh, you may have seen this. If you didn't, it's very cute. The place where Biden face planted off of his bike is named Brandon Falls on Google Maps. <laughs> True story. No way. Yes. Okay, we got some news from Israel here today from JNS. Half of Jerusalem Arabs prefer Israeli to Palestinian citizenship. Shocking. Yeah, and these are these are not Israeli citizens. These are the Arabs in Palestine that want to be Israeli citizens. The ones that are citizens don't want that to change. I can tell you that right now. A June 2022 survey of nearly 400,000 Palestinians there, commissioned by the Washington Institute and conducted by the Palestine Center for Public Opinion, shows that this public has reverted to relatively moderate positions compared to both pre-pandemic polls and to West Bank attitudes today. This new trend is most vividly expressed on the bellwether question of citizenship options. Today, half, 48% of the city's Palestinian residents say that if they had to make a choice, they would prefer to become citizens of Israel rather than that of the Palestinian state. From 2017 to early 2020, that figure hovered around just about 20%. Today, only a minority, 43% of East Jerusalemites, say that they would pick Palestine, while the remainder, 9%, would opt for Jordanian citizenship. Among West Bankers, the comparable figures are Israel 25%, Palestine 65%, Jordan 10%. According to the findings in East Jerusalem, 63% agreed at least somewhat with the following statement. It would be better for us if we were part of Israel rather than the Palestinian Authority or Hamas ruled lands. In the West Bank, the corresponding figure is less than half of that proportion at 28%. So there you go. People over there, and the people in the West Bank, I believe, have pretty nice housing, so they really don't care. Uh, but the people in Jerusalem, already a majority now, would rather be under Israeli citizenship. From Jerusalem Post, Biden visits East Jerusalem without Israeli flag on limousine. He was there last week, but one thing they did that really upset the Israelis, he's done a lot of things that upset the Israelis. I read something again last night that he did. He is gifted. He's gifted at not doing anything that people like. He's just brain-dead Biden. Biden's motorcade no longer had Israeli flags on it during a visit to Palestinian hospital in East Jerusalem, despite his assurances that the stop is not a statement about Israeli sovereignty in its capital city. The Biden admin refused to allow Israeli officials to accompany him on the visit to the hospital, where he announced $100 million in wasted aid to the medical network. Biden, I added in the word wasted, Biden's visit to East Jerusalem without official Israeli accompaniment is a destructive move towards Israel, even if it was done with smiles and handshakes. Biden knows very well that it would never be allowed in Washington by a foreign leader and understands how much that hurts Israel's national pride doing it in Jerusalem. 
That rejection was seen by many in Israel as signaling that he does not recognize Israeli sovereignty in that part of the city. However, when asked at a press conference whether that is how the situation should be understood, he said no. Today's pictures of his limousine on its way to East Jerusalem without the Israeli flag that has been flying at its helm until now highlights the message that he is trying to send, that the sovereignty of Jerusalem, Israel's eternal capital, is on the table for negotiation. Times of Israel. Gaza airstrike significantly sets back Hamas rocket production, says IDF. An Israeli airstrike in the Gaza Strip on Saturday has significantly set back the Hamas terror group's weapon production capabilities. The major strike against the Hamas underground facility came in response to rockets launched from the coastal enclave at southern Israel, which caused no injuries or damage. Okay, they lob in a missile and Israel responds. That's the way it is supposed to be. And they need to learn that if they do this, all they're going to do is get whacked. And they did. They got whacked. The IDF said that the targeted facility was one of the largest and most important sites in the Strip for the production of base materials for rockets by terror groups, asserting that the attack would significantly impede the terror group's rocket making. Military spokesperson Ron Hulkov said that the underground site was also used to manufacture drones. In this specific case, the IDF struck 16 tons of explosives in an underground UAV production hall and facility. And it made a big bang and it was very neat to see. Okay, we got some news concerning Christianity here from American Faith. Idaho University prevented from punishing Christian students who opposed homosexuality. Well, this ought to be a no-brainer, but it actually had to go through all kinds of uh, courts and legal systems in order for it to come about. The University of Idaho's policy that barred students from talking about their views on same-sex marriage has been put on hold. A judge issued a temporary block of the policy that censored three students who expressed opposition to same-sex marriage on religious grounds. This is a public university. They expressed their private opinion, and it's just the same as a public opinion. You're allowed to do it, and they were told they could not do it. Chief U.S. District Judge David C. Nye issued an order. Defendants' orders targeted the viewpoint of plaintiff's speech. Both students and professors expressed opposing viewpoints to the views expressed by the plaintiffs without any type of intervention, let alone punishment. The disparity in defendants' approach is what bothers the court most about the case and leans toward a finding that defendants' actions were designed to repress specific speech. The court agrees plaintiffs have a high likelihood of showing defendants violated the First Amendment by issuing the no-contact orders based on the content and viewpoint of their speech. Some may disagree with the plaintiffs' religious beliefs, such as each person's prerogative and right. But none should disagree that plaintiffs have a right to express their religious beliefs without fear of retribution. The Constitution makes that clear. But that doesn't matter to the left in this nation. It only is a Constitution when it benefits them. And when it doesn't, it's time to ignore it or let's talk about changing it. Gateway Pundit, Biden's America. Trans soldiers, and I got some photos of these people. I don't know if he's going to put them up or not, but these are the loserest people on the face of the planet in our military. I want you to know that right now. Trans soldiers given special privileges in U.S. military while Christian soldiers are persecuted. 
The military is waging a two-front war on its most conservative members. On one front is the foolish and otherwise unlawful implementation and execution of the Armed Services COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Religious accommodation requests to the vaccines have been categorically denied by the military branches. As of February of this year, 25,000 service members have requested the military accommodate their request to forego vaccination in light of their sincerely held religious beliefs. Less than 10 have been approved, with zero approvals in the Army and Navy. According to one court, the Air Force's process to protect religious rights is both illusory and insincere. In short, it's just theater. Another court found the military actively disfavoring religious exemptions. The mandate treats those with secular exemptions more favorably than those seeking religious exemptions. In other words, the military is openly and proudly hostile to religious service members, forcing them under threat of punishment to choose the vaccines over their faith. Then there is the unlawful required administration of vaccines authorized under an EUA since the officially licensed vaccine, something I've mentioned again and again and again, remain unavailable. There has not been one ounce of approved vaccine administered in the United States of America. Not one. What makes that unlawful? The president must authorize the administration of EUA vaccines to the military, and he hasn't. The other front, related to the first, involves the culture generally. Back in 2017, there were reports that Army training allowed for male soldiers identifying as women to wash in female showers. Units were to adjust to transgender identity. The issue reappeared this week with reporting from the Washington Free Beacon providing source documents of the Army's transgender service policy, which states, Gender transition in the Army begins when a soldier receives a diagnosis from a military medical provider indicating that gender transition is medically necessary. Necessary. This comes after the military celebration of Pride Month this past June and West Point cadets being taught critical race theory, including this slide on whiteness. Okay, we talked about those a week or two ago. So they are actively hounding our military. They're actively trying to destroy our military and they're doing a fine job of it. This was the one bastion of conservatism in the U.S. government and now it is completely destroyed. It is gone. U.S. News. Pope Hope's Canada trip will help heal evil that is done to indigenous people. So the Pope's going to show up and he's going to make everything all right by his presence. Yeah, after all the years of abuse from the Catholic Church, his presence is going to just make everything better. The July 24, today through 30 trip, will include at least five encounters with Native people as Francis makes good on a promise to apologize on their home territory for the Church's role in the state-sanctioned schools, which sought to erase Indigenous cultures. Unfortunately, in Canada, many Christians, including some members of religious orders, contributed to the policies of cultural assimilation that in the past gravely damaged native populations in various ways. About 150,000 children were taken from their homes. Many were subjected to abuse, rape, and malnutrition, and many, many were killed. Many. And the church thinks his presence showing up there, the Pope's presence will make this all better. Some news from, what's that? That's better than Jesus. Oh yeah, for them. 
some news from the Mideast and Africa today. Okay, I would like, before I give you my first uh, thought from uh, Mideast and Africa, I'd like to let you know that the roof for the school in Kenya is done. Enough people were willing to give. First they got the slab in, then they got the walls up. Now the roof is done. I know he's going to ask for more money for the next step. That's how they do it in Africa. They get one step done, and then they say, we need money for the next step. Instead of in America, we say we need $400,000 for a church. They say we need 10000 for the slab. We need 20000 for the walls, etc. But I want to thank everybody that uh, helped out with that. There is a roof, and even if nothing else was done, at least they could sit there without getting wet. But um, I will try. I'm not very uh, skilled with video work, but I will try to attach a very short 15 or 20 second video so that people can see that. From Breitbart, Saudi Arabia doubling purchases of cheap Russian oil. Saudi Arabia is buying oil from Russia. The amount of Russian fuel oil that is imported by Saudi Arabia between April and June of this year more than doubled compared to last year. Data obtained through, I can't pronounce it, some Russian name, uh, some ship tracking showed uh, Saudi Arabia imported 647,000 tons, which is 48,000 barrels per day of fuel oil from Russia via Russian and Estonian ports in April through June of this year. That was up from 320,000 tons in the same period a year ago. The increased sales of fuel oil used in power generation to Saudi Arabia show the challenge that Biden faces as his administration seeks to isolate Russia and cut its energy export revenues. He's not seeking to do that. I've said this week after week after week. Biden is purposefully doing this. He's cutting America off from these things, and he is helping the Russians. I had another article come up just this morning at the huge amount of money that Russia is making, more than they ever thought. Their interest rates are now down to less than they were before the Ukraine war started. I may add that in next Sunday just to give you all the information from the article. Russia is blossoming while America is tanking, and this is a purposed thing by the president or by the person filling the presidency. While many countries have banned or discouraged purchases from Russia, China, India, and several African and Mideastern nations have increased imports. The U.S. and other Western-allied nations have scaled back their Russian energy purchases since late February after Moscow launched its latest war with neighboring Ukraine. India and China have stepped in to fill this trade gap. The world's second biggest economy, China, imported about 8.42 million tons of oil from Russia last month, a 55% rise from a year ago. India bought six times more Russian oil from March to May compared with the same period last year. Russia is reportedly selling its oil at steep discounts amid a Western boycott of the product. The low price point has allowed Moscow to skirt the intended effects of the embargo so far. Russian oil exports had not fallen to date despite a Western sanctions campaign against Moscow. Everybody's benefiting off of this except the United States of America. Gateway Pundit. Biden's effort to import more oil from the Saudis will help Russia and may ultimately come from Russia. Only months ago, President Trump made the U.S. energy independent and the world's top producer of oil. Biden has taken the U.S. from low gas prices and energy independence to record high gas prices and begging foreign countries for more oil at record high prices. Any oil coming from the Saudis will only help Russia. 
It's difficult to believe the Biden gang doesn't know this. They do. Market Insider notes that the Saudis are importing Russian oil to meet demand while oil prices are at record high levels. The kingdom's increased willingness to grow its reliance on Russian oil is at odds with global powers which are trying to condemn the Kremlin and to cut off its exports in response to invasion of Ukraine. The imports also allow the kingdom to free up their own oil exports to reap in profits from the record high prices on the international market, meaning we're paying more. Some of the Russian fuel made its way to Saudi Arabia, which we just talked about, through Egypt accounting for some 110,000 barrels per day imported from Egypt in June. Meanwhile, Egypt imported 70,000 barrels per day from Russia in June. While Egypt exported fuels to Saudi Arabia before Russia invaded Ukraine, Saudi Arabia is now taking in 3.2 million barrels of power station fuel from Egypt this month. Meanwhile, Egypt's imports of the fuel from Russia are soaring to 1.8 million barrels, the highest since at least 2016. The reason why I added that in is to give you an information of how they're getting that oil from Russia to Saudi Arabia. It's via Egypt. So everybody is benefiting off of this while we are getting, you know. The Green Initiative is only in America. It's only in America. From the Times of Israel, Biden wraps up Mideast tour without any significant diplomatic breakthroughs. No kidding. Yep. Okay, I'd like to uh, let you know before I go on that if you are interested in these type of articles, I post them all day long on thecgreport.com, T-H-E-C-G-Report.com. Type that in and you'll get news. I try to update it twice a day except on Monday, which is Sermon Typing Day. And uh, it is, uh, I've got all kinds of other articles that I do not include in the uh, report. And there's a lot of stuff in the report that I do not include there because it's a little uh, uh, more for the... Uh, update per se rather than the report but please go there feel free to uh, uh, share that link and uh, very much appreciated okay what's that it's prominently displayed on the, on the website it's on the website if you go to the superior word website it's prominently displayed there that's right okay we got something interesting from mongolia now from pr newswire mongolian pride not the gay stuff mongolian pride showcased at nadam 2022. This is their annual thing that they have. It's a national festival that they have every year. They've been doing it for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. It was canceled for the past two years, or at least it was very limited if they had it at all. I don't remember. Anyway, this year's Nadam Festival is taking place under the banner of Mongolian Pride, with a series of events being held in the nation's capital of Ulaanbaatar. This is the largest celebration of Na'adam since 2019, owing to the COVID-19 pandemic. Strict quarantine guidelines and a vaccination drive that has ensured that 70% of the Mongolian population is now fully vaccinated, have enabled a return to normal this year. These measures have also delivered a significant boost to the Mongolian tourism since the start of 2022. So there you go. That's their annual festival. They got it back in full swing. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. Let's see what we got there from New Atlas. China tests hypersonic missile with multi-mode engine. This is a first. America is lagging way behind here. And not only that, but they've had some unsuccessful attempts of the of late in the past month or so and then they finally had the successful attempt about a week and a half ago but china's way way ahead of us in this uh, rockets are electric 
Uh, yeah, our rockets are green. That's right. China is reminding the world that it is very much in the race to deploy hypersonic missiles with a team successfully launching the Phaeton-1, a rocket-based combined cycle or RBCC propelled vehicle. What is especially interesting about the launch of Phaeton-1 is that it uses an RBCC engine to propel it to speeds in excess of Mach 5. An RBCC engine is a combination of an air-breathing ramjet, air-breathing scramjet, and ducted rocket. As the vehicle accelerates, the engine transfers from one mode to the next, allowing it to cope with air hitting the intake at greater and greater speed, and then becoming a pure rocket at top speed and very high altitudes. Such an engine has a number of advantages chief of which is that it doesn't have to carry as much oxidizer as a pure rocket because it can harvest oxygen from the air like a conventional jet engine. This allows it to carry more fuel or a larger payload, meaning more nukes to blow up Americans. In addition, the Phaeton 1 can burn kerosene-based aviation fuel. Such an RBCC engine is the first in a hypersonic flight vehicle. The July 2nd ground-launched flight test made a smooth transition from one mode to the next and carried out the expected thermal throat adjustment and ultra-wide flight envelope combustion. Yeah, whatever they're doing with theirs, it's a lot more than we're doing with ours because our military has gone completely woke. They're more worried about critical race theory and having people change their genders in the United States military than they are about actually defending this nation. I hope, I hope that in 2024 we get a conservative president that will fire every general in the United States military and start over again. Every one of them. They haven't stuck up for their people. They haven't defended their people. They all need to go. Everyone. Brigadier General and above needs to go. And probably the colonels as well. You know what? In the old Civil War and some of these wars, they had people that uh, were like a buck sergeant in the military and they saw potential in that person and what did they do they promoted him to general they just skipped everything and says you've got potential you're going to be a general well we need to get people with potential in our u.s military not these people that won't defend their people it's a dangerous world including the inevitable plagues of the book of revelation let's see how that's going mail online New York City reveals that 95% of monkeypox patients in the Big Apple are men with zero women having been infected so far, and at least 60% are LGBTQ. U.S. case tally reaches 1,470. Okay? That's it. It's all gay people that are getting this. It's very limited disease, and as of yesterday, the World Health Organization called it a global pandemic. From News Punch, fully jabbed chief of emergency medicine dies suddenly and unexpectedly while jogging. According to his colleagues, the cause of his death is a mystery at this point. When asked if an autopsy is being done to ease public concerns, Dr. Oven responded that Dr. Hanam is not a public figure and his family deserves privacy and respect. In other words, he died of the death vax and they don't want anybody to know it. Dr. Oven retweeted a post from another doctor arguing that sudden cardiac death during exercise is virtually always caused by an arrhythmia and not by a vaccine. Uh Aha. From Al Jazeera. 
Farmers watch crops wither amid Italy's worst drought in 70 years. Italy's farmers cope with the worst drought in 70 years that prompted the government to declare a state of emergency. What does that mean? What does that tell you? That 70 years, that's right, 70 years ago, they had a drought that bad. Telegraph, why we should all be worried about a vulture apocalypse. I brought this up a couple years ago in India. Now they're having the same problem in Africa. A catastrophic decline of vulture populations in Africa and Asia is causing alarm among researchers who fear that a cascade effect could lead to the spread of deadly old and new diseases, including plague, anthrax, and rabies. If the lion is the king of the savanna, the vulture is the hardworking, unsung groundskeeper. A flock of vultures can wipe a dead antelope clean in about 20 minutes, stopping the carcass from turning into a toxic soup leaking into water sources. Maggots and bacteria are the only things more effective at disposing of dead meat. The bird's digestive systems are thought to be tough enough to stop bacterial colonies of the plague, anthrax, and botulism in their tracks. Some researchers believe vultures indirectly keep rabies infections in check by depriving rats and feral dogs of bountiful food. Certain species may even help disinfect the ground near carcasses with their highly acidic excrement. But now many vultures and other raptor species are diving beak first into the abyss. In the 1990s, vulture populations on the Indian subcontinent plummeted by about 99%. Seven out of 11 of the species found in Africa are now on the verge of extinction. The rate of decline is staggering. We still don't know nearly enough about what it all means. We're working on borrowed time. If you screw up natural equilibriums, you can get what we call a trophic cascade effect. If you get rid of a hugely important component of an ecosystem like a vulture, which hoovers up dead meat, Diseases can proliferate because they're not being kept in check. Bad stuff. Okay, morality is declining. Here's some news on that from Breitbart. CDC directs LGBT children to secretive chats about sex changes, activism, and the occult. This is the CDC directing children away from what their parents want to secret chat rooms. The CDC is promoting to youth an online chat space that discusses sex, polyamorous relationships, the occult, sex change operations, and activism, and is specifically designed to be quickly hidden while being used. It also mixes LGBT adults and children and is run in part by Planned Parenthood. Called QChat Space, the platform is advertised on the CDC's LGBT Health Youth Resources page. The chat service, which describes itself as a community for LGBTQ plus teens, is available for those ages 13 to 19, can be hidden from parents, and focuses on a number of mature themes. QChat hosts conversations on a number of different mature and sexual topics, including drag culture 101, sex and relationships, and having multiple genders intended for bi and pan youth. Right on the CDC website. What's that? Yeah, yeah, Fauci. He's probably the pervert behind the whole thing. Breitbart. California school board eyes opening Planned Parenthood on high school campus in 80% Latino district. 
And my thought is Jill Biden would say too many tacos in the world. <laughs> Gateway Pundit. House Judiciary Committee Democrats vote unanimously to block measure that would have increased penalties for child sex traffickers. What? Yeah. Unanimous vote. We don't want that. Six Park. Authorities have yet to arrest anyone for more than 50 pro-abortion attacks, meaning the anti-abortion clinics, the pro-abortions are attacking them. Nobody has been arrested. Not one. GB News. Trans inmate impregnates, this is in New Jersey, trans inmate impregnates two other prisoners in the women's prison. From GB News, ballot auditions dropped as school dubs it white and elitist in move to make curriculum gender neutral. A leading dance school has dropped ballot from its auditions with staff saying it's rooted in white European ideas. Okay, we got some other news from around the world here. From Zero Hedge, Soros-backed Los Angeles DA stops notifying victims of attackers' parole hearings. Yes, DA Gascon is dissolving an office unit responsible for notifying crime victims and their families when their assailant has parole hearings, which the law mandates that they do that, but he's not going to do it. Made up of victims' advocates, the parole unit, also known as Lifer Unit, will be disbanded by the end of the year. While a victim has a right to be notified, they also have a right to not be contacted. Lawyers in the parole, yeah, they say, well, if they don't ask to be notified, then we don't have to notify them. That's their, that's their reason for getting perverts and murderers and all these people back out on the streets in L.A. Lawyers in the parole unit have been using victim service representatives, paralegals, and a Bureau of Investigation Resources to contact victims and their next of kin who have not requested to be notified of parole hearings. An email sent to prosecutors in the unit stated that Gascon's office has determined that it is not appropriate for the LADA to notify victims of crime and victim next of kin of those who were murdered that parole hearings are scheduled for the inmates that harmed them and their loved ones. Gascon sparked controversy when he issued a directive to remove prosecutors from attending parole hearings, saying that a prosecutor's input and the crime of conviction is of limited value in considering parole suitability years or decades later. He also encouraged prosecutors to support granting parole after felons fulfilled their mandatory sentence minimum. Newsmax. Visitors to James Madison's Montpelier estate irked over woke makeover. Okay. Now, I want you to know, when I went around the states in 2010, I preached at all of the 50 capitals. I stopped at this place. I happened to be on the road, and it said, Montpelier is up ahead. Go to it. And so I said, so I got an hour. I'll stop there. And I went in. It was marvelous. What a place. It was in the process of being restored at the time. And one of the things that I remember the most was that they knew where his desk was because his desk looked out over the hills of the surrounding country. And all the trees were cut, and he could sit there, and he would, could contemplate the U.S. Constitution that he was in the process of authoring or helping to author. And on the floor, right next to where this desk was, was ink on the floor. And they know that this is the ink that was used from his pen to write the U.S. Constitution. Well, all of that's probably hidden over now, because they've done a woke 
makeover at this house. Visitors going to the historic home of the fourth president, James Madison, who is also known as the father of the Constitution, may be in for a disappointment following a woke renovation that highlights slavery more than the founding document that Madison helped write. First off, the tour is expensive, but the worst part were the gross historical inaccuracies and constant biases exhibited by the tour guide. This is a historic house owned by James Madison, who probably did more to bring the U.S. Constitution to life than any other person. And given the times and his economic status, he owned slaves. Both are worthy of discussion, but not at all the balance we got on this tour. Constant discussion of slaves, including a genetically disproven story that one of them had a child by him. This being a historic location, even-handed and fact-based discussion is needed, or the experience is a poor one. Cannot recommend and even wonder why they even preserve the main structure at all. That was a, uh, you know, a triptych, what do you call it, critique of the place. Thank you. Review. According to the White House website, Madison was one of the key authors of the U.S. Constitution, arguing heavily for the document's ratification, saying it was not the offspring of a single brain, but the work of many heads and many hands. He was also one of the writers of the Federalist Papers and served as the fourth president from 1809 to 1817, which included the War of 1812 and the burning of the White House during that conflict. The renovation of the home shifted the focus from Madison's role of political leader constitution author and president to that of being a slave owner zero hedge far fewer military families recommend uniformed service these are military families saying i do not recommend military service now of course they're going to water down their thoughts here so they don't get in trouble but they've done analysis of this issue and they know exactly why which you'll talk about at the end of this Substantially fewer military families would recommend uniform service to others. A new survey by Military Family Advisory Network finds just 63% of surveyed service members and family members would recommend service to someone considering it. That's a big drop from just two years ago. Oh, who was president two years ago? When 75% said they'd encourage others to join. The results released on July 14th are from a far-ranging survey of more than 8,600 people conducted in late 2021. I guarantee these numbers are even worse now. The finding is an ill omen for military recruiters who are already struggling to meet their goals. Do you know that they have $50,000 enlistment bonuses for people right now and they cannot get people to join the U.S. military? $50,000 for a guy going in as an airman basic. When I went in, you know what I got? I got my first two paychecks and they took away 92% of them. You need to now go buy your uniforms. You need to now go buy your, your iron and you got to go buy all these things. So I got nothing going in. I got a couple paychecks and it was all taken back by the government because you have to buy these things. And then from there, you start making a little bit of money. I made, I think, I don't know, it was 400 bucks a month for the first how many years in Japan. And I served with honor and pride in the U.S. military. Mm -hmm. The U.S. Army Recruiting Command says a whopping 71% of youth do not qualify for military service because of obesity, drugs, physical and mental health problems, but they'll let in these people that are crazy enough to say I'm a guy instead of a girl. Yeah, exactly. Misconduct and aptitude and for being Christian. 
Meanwhile, USAREC likes to call the Army a family business, noting that 79% of recruits have a relative who served. Substantially lower enthusiasm among those who served is certain to throw a wet blanket on recruiting efforts. When researchers delved into the thinking of service members, veterans and family members who won't recommend military service, five top rationales surfaced. Military service is hard on marriages, family relationships, and relationships with children. Has that always been the case? Yes. It's always been the case. Yes. Military pay is too low, especially given the job's difficulty and stress. Has that always been the case? Yes. It has always been the case, and now they're offering $50,000 and they can't get people to sign the line. Some military leaders are bad, corrupt, abusive, and controlling. That's gone through the ceiling. I'll agree with that one. Benefits such as health care aren't worth the challenges associated with service. That used to be the number one reason why people went in, because they have the finest health care in the world. Now it's probably like treating people at a veterinarian's clinic. I don't know. <laughs> frequent moves between duty stations and frequent overseas deployments. Colonel, were you ever deployed overseas? Many times. Many times. Has it always been that way for you who served? Yeah. It's always been that way. Yeah. The reason why is because we have a woke military, because we will not support our military members and there is no pride and honor of service for the United States of America. When people join the US military, it's because they're young, they're healthy, and they want to go out and shoot stuff. That's what's in their heads. They see all the things, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a hero for my nation. Nobody wants to be a hero of a nation with a president like Joe Biden that says that you cannot have your religious convictions in the US military and you've got to get shots that are gonna damage your body. Yeah. From the Medville Tribune, odds of US recession within the next year are near 50% survey shows. From Just the News, Bidenonomics, nearly half of small businesses fear shutting down amid elevated inflation. 50% of businesses. Small business concerns about closing has risen 12% since last summer. Mail Online. Two-thirds of Americans are cutting back on restaurants and movies. 61% are driving less. Four in 10 say they are spending less on restaurants and a third are using more credit cards as record 40-year high inflation hits home. Zero Hedge. Solar panels subsidized by California are winding up in landfills contaminating groundwater with toxic metals. Zero Hedge. Dogs' names are racist too, according to scholars. Yes, scholars. These are professional, these are scholars. Experts. Dog names are racist. Well, let's see. I've got, let's see, I've got Boaz. I've got racist. I've got um, Tasha. Well, that's certainly racist. I've got um, uh, Mary and Pishnai. Boy, they're both racist. Um, you named Mary, didn't you? Yes, you did. And then we've got um, Abel. Oh, he's a racist. I'm telling you, Abel is a racist dog. We've got Tamar. She's a little racist. And then we've got one more. I got one more dog. Nama, thank you. Nama. She's white. She's definitely a racist. Zero Hedge. I'm glad you were. Who said that? Was that you that said all the, who said the dog names? I don't even know my dog names. You? I said Nama. Oh, you did. Okay. Oh. 
I had no idea. You know, I'm trying to figure them out. And all I know is that they go out in the backyard, I open the door, and they're not allowed to go past that door. Because if they do and they see a squirrel, they'll be in the road. So they just run around in the backyard. And then I say, time to come in. And they file in. And I count them, one through seven. <laughs> Remembering their names is way too much work. Good What's that? Good number seven. Good number seven. That's right. Okay, Zero Hedge. Gender activists urge anthropologists to stop labeling human remains male or female. Yes, there's an interesting controversy brewing in anthropology departments where professors have been called for researchers to stop identifying ancient human remains by biological gender because they cannot gauge how a person identified at the time. Other scholars are calling for researchers to stop identifying race as a practice because it fuels white supremacy. Oh, there's bones of a black person. That's racist. Okay, who said it? In the view of such harmony in the cosmos, which I, with my limited human mind, am able to recognize, there are yet people who say there is no God. But what makes me really angry is that they quote me for the support of such views. I'll read it again. In view of such harmony in the cosmos, which I, with my limited human mind, am able to recognize, there are yet people who say there is no God. But what makes me really angry, you saw the picture, is that they quote me for the support of such views. They're quoting me saying there's no God because of what I found out. This is Albert Einstein. Did you see the picture? Nope. No. Okay, he got it. All right. I thought you were looking at the, on his laptop there. Okay. Oh, so he did see it. Okay, he's in trouble. You're in trouble for looking. Okay, gender activists say it ain't right to identify corpses as white. And they say it's a ploy to call same girl or boy. Woe to those that trade darkness for light. Okay, I got a bit of irony and we'll be done. From Fox News. Okay, did everybody see Jaws when you were young? The movie Jaws? Okay, Do, does anybody remember where that was? Martha's Vineyard. Fox News. Jaws child star sworn in as police chief on Martha's Vineyard, all these years later. Yes, and then from KTVU, driverless car is pulled over by San Francisco police. <laughs> Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that's your CGE report for the week.